This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss, the podcast where we unpack all sorts of wedding traditions and trends to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Today's topic is definitely for the crafty at heart, and that's the pressed flower trend. Pressed flowers are not new by any means, but brides-to-be and wedding vendors have been getting increasingly more creative with the ways to use them for weddings. From preserving your bouquet to your wedding invitations, even on your wedding cake. Pressed flowers make such a beautiful and savvy addition to any wedding. So who better to discuss pressed flowers than Trisha Paluccio, the founder of Modern Pressed Flower. Trisha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you and so excited to introduce you and your work to all of our wonderful listeners. So I have a fun intro that I want to read. Trisha is a true artist in many senses of the word, another impressive, multi-talented, creative professional here on the Bouquetas. She grew up on an almond farm in Modesto, California, where she learned the art of flower pressing as a child. Fast forward to adulthood, Trisha moved to New York City to pursue her acting career, but continued her pressed flower art and made unique one-of-a-kind cards and botanical collages on handmade paper, selling the originals in boutiques and on the streets of New York City. She continued honing her skills and making art even after she became a professional actor, working full-time on Broadway, on television, and in film. Give her a little Google and you'll see her many acting credits from stage and screen. Trisha has also been commissioned by luminaries in the fashion, publishing, and music industries to create botanical designs and has been doing original art commissions for many interior designers around the country. I was lucky enough to be introduced to Trisha by a talented calligrapher friend, mutual friend of ours, Virginia Lucas Hart, who co-hosted a handmade card making class with Trisha back in what year was that? 20 Oh my gosh. 12 years ago. Years ago. Like so long ago. So such a fun day. And then we got to collaborate on a great blog post tutorial where we kind of unpack how she does her whole process. That was a very long-winded intro, but all that to say, like we're so excited, Trisha, to have you here and to have you share some about the process and why pressed flowers are so special for weddings. I am blown away by this resurgence in interest in pressed flowers because I've loved it my whole life and you know, I first added pressed flowers to my own wedding invitations in 1999. Can you wow. believe it? Oh my God. So I loved Kate's Papery, a, a store that is no more in New York City, but it's a Kate's Papery. It was a store that was for paper lovers. It was just amazing, amazing store. And I actually had the honor of working there part-time. Even when I was in Broadway shows, I worked there because my job was, I could take whatever I wanted and then like make cards and make art. And then people would buy the supplies. Can you imagine that dream job? And I got all of the papers at such a discount. I stayed working there part-time in between. So I first had, when I first got married in, in 1999, I, I added a little beautiful cherry blossom to each of my invitations, which was pure white, deckled edge, soft handmade paper from Kate's Papery. 
I mean, I think that invitation now would be so chic. But back then, I think it was pretty unique in 1999 to have that idea. No one else was doing that, at least that I had seen. But I pressed all my own flowers and it looked like a little rosebud. And I put it on the top of each one. And I so wish that I had pictures or I have nothing. No, no, I don't even know where it is. You know, I'm like, someone must have had it. But this was so long before social media, before Pinterest and before all of that. I have no pictures of the art that I was making of that time when I would sell these collages in stores. And you know, it's just a different world, a different time. Yeah, I love listening to you talk about it because you can tell like how passionate about the paper and the quality of the materials you are when you're describing like the paper. Oh my gosh. I mean, when you're a paper lover, I mean, uh, you know, there are people out there that get it. When you love paper, then you just... You care about all that. And there are so many amazing paper makers now on Instagram that you can find. And now with digital printing, you can really do so much of this on your own. I mean, this is a great time for a budget savvy bride. Do you like how I threw that in there? I do. I love that. A little commercial. Because really, you can do, there's so much that people can do now themselves. You don't really have to go to a a stationer like, you know, Kate's Papery to do this. I mean, people can print themselves and press flowers themselves and add their own designs if they want. I mean, there's just so much that we can do now on our own. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that depending on what your level of skill might be. I mean, how difficult is it to press your own flowers and do this yourself? Well, I, since the pandemic, I have taught over a thousand people how to press flowers so they don't turn brown. I was quarantining in a little cabin in the foothills of California when all of this went down. I, we left like March 12th or something really early. And wildflowers were blooming everywhere. My parents happened to own all of this land. So it was just everywhere, just thousands and thousands of flowers. So I started pressing them and sharing this on social media. And I, I said on my Instagram account, is anyone interested in learning how to press flowers? And so many people said yes. And that started me teaching all of these people. And since then, I've taught a thousand people. I really feel like I've learned after doing this my whole life, over 30 years of flower pressing. My dad is an engineer and um, specializes in air and environmental inventions. And he's really the one that taught me the kind of the principles behind it. And then I applied that to how I do it. I do not use a microwave. I do not use the microwave press. I use a regular old fashioned flower press. People, People use microwaves to press flowers? Oh, Jessica, it's a scandal. And people are, <laughs> there's an invention called the microflora and a lot of people use it. And I'm like, no, don't use it. Because I think my personal belief is that it saps the energy of the flower and it, it saps the vibrancy. It might speed things up, but I don't think you're going to achieve the same quality of vibrancy as doing it the good old fashioned way, which is how I teach it. But what I share is that it's like you have to maintain your flower press after you put the flower in. You cannot just put your flower in a book or a flower press and call it a day and two weeks later come out and they're perfect. If you want to learn how to do it and you can invest in either making yourself a flower press or buying a flower press, anybody can say, have a vision of what they want to do and press those flowers and get them ready. And Anybody can leave their house and go outside and you can, you know, frankly, you could pick a little blade of grass if you pick it slowly and get the root out or a little dandelion. If you press that, you could make a stunning little work of art out of a weed. A lot of my art that's right now with the Highline 9 is weeds. And I feel like because of the way I capture them and, and blow them up in scale, they're kind of elevated. But I, it just, it moves me that we can take something that anybody can find a little weed or a tendril from a bush and you could press it beautifully and make something 
so stunning out of something so humble, you know? So what you're saying basically is people don't have to like go out and buy flowers to make this happen. They could literally just go out in nature and collect things from their local park. Or I remember when I came to your card making class those years ago, that you talked about finding the flowers that we used in Central Park, right? Well, uh, I might have used some cherry blossoms. That's what it was, the cherry blossoms. But you have to be very careful picking in public. And I I will say this, that 99.9% of all the flowers that I use in my art is from my own farm and my own property, especially when you're coming to wildflowers and weeds. You want to be careful that you're not, first of all, robbing others of the joy of seeing them or picking anything endangered. You, You want to be really mindful about that. I never pick more than I can put in one hand. And you never pick the first or the last of anything you see. And especially if you're in public, you don't want to rob other people of the joy of what you see. So totally, I think there's a way of doing that. But um, the blossoms, cherry blossoms, when they're picked as little buds, when you press them, they can look like a little rosebud. And so I think I wanted to show you guys in the class what I had done for my wedding. I'd picked those blossoms and pressed them so it still looked like a little tiny, like a little stem with a little pink bud. It looked like a little pink rose. It was cute. So what I'm hearing you say is that you really don't need a lot of flowers to achieve probably a lot of, you know, either if it's your invitations or if it's decor, any flowers oh. or weeds you're picking, you don't need a lot. I did a wedding invitation for my friend. She's an actress, Jama Williamson. She's been in a million TV shows, but when she got married, we pressed green leaves. And so she had a natural, it was like natural paper wedding invitation. And it just had a simple, perfectly pressed green leaf on the top. So elegant, so simple. Anybody could do that. You know, you could have one stem or a leaf or I did hydrangeas are easy to press and great. And I do a lot with hydrangeas. I actually have come out with a line of pressed flower wedding invitations that are digital downloads. So I have created that, that we'll talk about later because that's kind of its own separate thing. But I love the idea of focusing this podcast on helping brides who want to really make something one of a kind and elegant achieve that. Before the pandemic, I guess a few months before, I did a hundred invitations for Jonathan Simkai, the fashion designer, for his fashion, fashion show. Now I learned some things about this. It's time-consuming to do and and kind of hard to do a hundred of anything. It's like, whew, you know, it kind of gets boring and you feel like a factory. But I do have some tips and tricks about how to do that. If yeah. a bride wants to make a hundred of something, you have to pick and press three times what you think you'll need because you don't always know how things will turn out. Sometimes a petal will be bent. Sometimes there'll be a little dewdrop of water and that flower might be brown. You can't use it. You you want perfection and you can achieve perfection. So go aim high. Don't be like, oh, these are okay. No, you want them to be great. So whatever your design is, I would pick and press enough to, to figure out what you want your design to be. Make one. And then whatever that is, count. Okay, I used five hydrangeas. I used three tendrils of a pecan tree. I ha- I know I have abundant. I can get that easily. I can buy those hydrangeas at Whole Foods if I don't have a hydrangea bush. That tree outside my door, I love the leaves. I'm going to pick, I-, I want just one single leaf. So I'm going to pick 300 leaves since I only need 100. I'm going to pick the best 100 of the 300 that I press. So what you would do is you would get your paper with the words already printed on it, right? Everything needs to be printed ahead of time. You don't add the flowers before you print. 
So we need to design it. You know, you say, okay, this is my rectangle, my five by seven, let's say. Type out your wording, cut it out and put it on the piece of paper and say, okay, I need this much border, right? And then have your invitations printed with the border that you need to, to accomplish your design. Once you have those printed and sent to you, lay them out. In the meantime, you've been pressing your flowers. You'll take my little class or you'll take somebody's class. Some, and there are other people I think that are teaching this. Once you've pressed your flowers and they're fully dry, you need to wait an extra week or two weeks after you think they're dry. Because when you glue a flower, you're putting water back into that flower. Mm. And it has to be dry like paper. So you cannot rush this process. From start to finish, I would leave yourself at least two or three months to accomplish this goal. Meaning picking the flowers, pressing them takes at least two to three weeks. Then waiting like even another week before then making your design with your invitation. What I do is I lay everything out, so at 10 at a time. So I would take my little stack of 100 invitations, I'd lay out 10, I'd lay out all my pressed flowers and leaves that I'm gonna use, and I would just simply lay out, no gluing, just lay out your designs. Walk away from it, come back, say, oh yeah, no, I can move that, I'm gonna shift that. Really, I teach composition too, but you know, you wanna really love what you're composing, and once you set it out, then you know what your plan is. And then it takes between three to 10 to 15 minutes to glue each one. So you set aside an hour, say, oh, Sam, I'm gonna glue 10 a day. I'm not gonna go crazy. Don't make yourself crazy and try to do 100 in one day. They won't be good. So you wanna glue one at a time and you always wanna glue the underneath layer first and then you glue the next layer and then you let that out to dry. Don't cover it, let it dry fully for 24 hours. Once it's dried for 24 hours, it's fully dry. Then you can cut out little pieces of glassine or wax paper. And you always wanna mail your pressed flower invitations with a little piece of beautiful glassine. You can get glassine from Uline. Um, so that's a great company. For anyone listening who might not know what glassine is, could you just explain that? It, it's like a smooth see-through paper that looks like wax paper, but it's not waxy. I don't know how to explain exactly what glassine mm -hmm. is. But Uline is a great company and you can buy glassine sheets and then you could cut them five by seven or I'm sure you could order glassine sheets five by seven, but you definitely want to mail your invitation with flowers with a little piece of glassine or some kind of um, covering because you don't want when they take it out of the envelope for the flowers to be scraped. Right, because it's a literal collage. I know like a lot of traditional wedding invitations, more formal, you know, in the past had some kind of like vellum or maybe. Oh, vellum is very similar yeah. to glassine. That would be great too. I'm just suggesting that yeah. you don't want to just put a raw thing in the envelope. You definitely want to cover it. So, and it's also elegant when it pull, gets pulled out. It like you see it through the see-through. It's pretty. Yeah, I think a lot of modern stationery, especially wedding invitations have kind of fallen out of using that extra like vellum layer or whatever but oh, in a case so nice. in a yeah. case like this yeah it's it's not just there for like extra it's literally yeah. to protect your your little creation that you made mm -hmm. important so i think that these are all such amazing things to think about even now seeing like the two to three months to get all of this done. And a, if you're, let's say you have a hundred invitations, it could be a big undertaking, but a savvy alternative to that, which we see a lot 
with invitations in general is to maybe just make physical ones for your immediate family, for, you know, those really important people, obviously yourself included, make one for you to keep. But then you could have a digital version that goes out to the rest of the people. That's what I've been, that's what I've been creating. So I've been spending, because of my experience making my own wedding invitations and others throughout the years, and even this recent job with Jonathan Simkai, which is so time consuming. When people ask me, would you do this? Like, I would have to charge so much money to make it worth my while. It's really time consuming. So what I've done is I've been creating a library of pressed flowers, and I'm creating a whole line of printable digital download wedding invitations that I'm going to be selling on Etsy that look like, I mean, when you print them, it looks like real pressed flowers because the quality now is so high. Five years ago, 10 years ago, I could not do this. I tried. Could not do it. The quality was grainy. You have to have it look so real. I shared Jessica with you some pictures, right? Yeah, they're incredible. They're, They're beautiful. And so my dream is to create a line of customizable printable digital download wedding invitations. So a bride could say, oh my gosh, my colors are lavender and purple. And they would go to my site and see those flowers. And and I'd even inspire them what they incorporate into their wedding bouquet. They could go backwards and say, I'm doing blue hydrangeas and here's a blue hydrangea site. Or I have a beautiful one that's like rainbow ombre. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want this for all my gay friends, (laughs) like a rainbow frag, you know, but it's all flowers that I've pressed and dried and glued in kind of a rainbow fashion or whatever. And it's like 13 pieces. It's like everything, the numbers, the thank you card, everything about it, you know? And so that's what I'm creating, which has taken a lot of work because it's on a transparency. So the bride could say, oh, I want this, these beautiful pink roses to be on a pale pink. And they could customize that because as we know, florals are huge. Everybody loves florals for wedding, but 99.9% of what you see is watercolor painted or drawn. So I thought there's a new niche for this. Absolutely. Most people will not take the time or have the time or have the money to hire somebody. Or even like the proximity, you know, if if they're getting married and they're in a city setting that doesn't have like anywhere that they can go pick wildflowers or if it's winter time and there's nothing available, like this really does open up a lot of opportunity for couples to get that same like look without having to have access to the fresh stuff. And I think also with wedding flowers in general, like we talk a lot about like alternatives to using fresh flowers in order to save money because at the end of the day, like flowers can really bust your budget. Oh yeah, they really can. In some cases. So yeah, I think, I think it's incredible to be able to have like a digital option for people to take advantage of. Yeah, because it's such a fancy thing. And I, and I really am all, I mean, that's why I like your blog so much, you guys, because it's so, it's so wise to think soberly about one's wedding because, you know, life is expensive. Why would you spend all this money on something that's so ephemeral? Like you could have the most elegant, beautiful, specific wedding. That's so you with a little bit of creativity and I, that's why I love you, Jessica, and what your message is. And I'm, 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 I've been married all these years. I don't need to be planning a wedding, but I follow you organically. I love all the little tips and tricks that you share. And I'm so happy to kind of say to your people, like, this is, I, I feel like what I'm doing is a really affordable, like, it makes it super accessible. I've been printing Minot Kinko's around the corner. I can't believe the quality. Kinko's. Yep. 
I mean, I had spent lots of money on mine doing it at Kate's Papery, and I kind of feel like those days are gone. Yeah. You can even purchase handmade paper from these people on Instagram. You know you're buying it from the artist and then get it printed with a high-end digital printer. It's going to look great. And I'm sure if a person already had a great high-end scanner or printer at home, they might be able to even do it at home. I, I don't know. You know, I mean... It's the, the world has changed rapidly over the past couple of years in terms of printing. On the Bouquet Toss podcast, we're passionate about encouraging you to celebrate your wedding day your way. That's why we're such big fans of The Wedding Shop by Shutterfly. At every stage of wedding planning and beyond, Shutterfly will help you design, share, and remember your big day in unique ways. From stationery to reception decor to wedding keepsakes and more, find everything you need to create a perfectly personalized wedding. With their collection of stationery and gifts and their extensive customization options, you'll make treasured keepsakes to hold on to forever. For a limited time, listeners of the Bouquet Toss can take $10 off their purchase of $25 or more in the wedding shop by using code SAVVYWEDDING at checkout. Let Shutterfly help you celebrate your day your way. We have a whole list of other wedding details that you might want to add pressed flowers to. Of course, invitations is a gorgeous, beautiful place to put them. But I mean, we've seen so much recently where there's pressed flowers used in your table decor, maybe your table numbers, your seating cards. We've seen in your unity candle, like melting the wax with the pressed flowers in it so that it encases your unity candle. We have seen jewelry that has pressed flowers like in it. Um, It's gorgeous. Wouldn't that be amazing to collaborate with all these amazing women? Sorry, there are 99% women, but these women resin artists and then the bakers that do things with floral and then someone like me or any, there's so many people doing pressed flower art. And I love the idea of people supporting women in their hometown. There are women all around this country, around the world, that are offering their services to press flowers, to do a wedding bouquet after. You could say, listen, my theme is hydrangeas. I'm looking for someone to press blue hydrangeas for my wedding that I want to add to a unity candle, that I want to add on the cake. I'm just saying there's ways of connecting this community. And that's why I love teaching this class, because I really feel like I'm enabling a lot of women to up their game and have their own business. Because you don't, you do not want to ask someone in New York City to do this work for you if you live in Texas. Find a person in Texas to press your wedding. You know what I'm saying? It's like this. This is not rocket science. Like people can do this. Support your hometown artists, and or learn to do it yourself. So, for somebody who does want to learn to do it themselves, what will they need in order to press the flower? All you need is a flower press. And I sell my own flower press that I've designed. And every time I put them on the market, they sell out in like minutes, which is awesome for me. But you can go online and buy a flower press. You can make your own flower press. I will tell your listeners right now how to do it. I take two 10 by 10 pieces of wood that I drill four holes in. I buy cake rounds. You can buy cake rounds on Amazon or a restaurant supply. Make sure it's not cake rounds that have that plastic shiny coating, right? You want just cardboard, plain cardboard. So you want the cake rounds to fit within those four holes that you've drilled. I get eight inch bolts. 
I layer the cake rounds with lots of paper. And also um, I use uh, sheets of chipboard. Is that what it's called? You know what chipboard is? It's like that smooth. Like cardboardy? Cardboard that looks like shiny. That would be like when you buy underwear or socks. You know what I'm talking about? It's like smooth, thick. So I use that because I don't want the cardboard ridges to make an imprint on the flowers. So I have a cardboard, a sheet of the chipboard, 10 pieces of paper, layer of flowers, 10 pieces of paper, chipboard, cardboard. And that's how I sandwich my little $100 flower press that I sell. That is a great little flower press. But as I said, I just told your readers how they can make their own. Make your own. If you have somebody that, if you know how to do a drill and get all those supplies, I get eight inch bolts. So my flower press is quite tall and high. And that enables you to have enough room to do a lot at one time. Many layers, you know? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. everybody could see you talk about this because you're so animated. <laughs> and like for everyone listening, she is truly pantomiming the process. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like acting it out. And now I'm on the phone. Like I'm, know, I'm an actor. I like act everything out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so annoying. No, I love it. Um, I mean, we well, they'll hear it. They can hear your little fingernails tapping. It's oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> But something you had mentioned in the middle of that was adding pressed flowers to cake. And I just don't want to gloss over that because I think that the wow factor from this is outrageous. We shared one on Instagram a couple months back and people were like, what? And as you had mentioned, if they're organic, eating it is not an issue. Well, you know, you have to purchase. There are amazing people that sell edible flowers because you know that these are truly organic and edible. You cannot, you do not want to just be like, oh, this is from my garden. I don't think anything got sprayed on it. No, no, no. Like do it right, right? You could buy a little packet and get those and tell your baker, uh, let's add these to our cake. Or bake your own cake. Everybody can learn how to bake. I love to bake. I don't know how to do the beautiful um, frosting. So I've always, for my whole life, put fresh flowers into a cake because that looks so beautiful to me. And I know that it's just our family eating it. So we take the flowers out. We don't worry about them being edible or not. I just, you know, we just take them out. It's just decoration. Yeah. It's a super but low effort and low skill required impact. Yeah, way and to high decorate impact. a cake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There are so many ways of having that beautiful, is it bespoke? Is that the word, you know, for this kind of like wild, organic, going back to nature, feeling in a wedding, I don't think it has to be expensive at all. Absolutely not. And I think that's one of the things that we really like to share with our audience. Basically, what I think makes a wedding feel more luxurious is all of those little details really matching and being cohesive in theme makes the overall impact just absolutely so impressive. And think of how much fun it would be to have, say, you know what we're going to do for our wedding? We're going to get mason jars fill them with water. And I'm going to wake up early on my wedding day with my bridesmaids and we're going to go to the local, like you find your local farm, the person that has a wildflower garden or a neighbor that has a beautiful garden. And you say, can we just pick some, I mean, that's what I did. My wedding was at my parents' farm. We picked our own flowers. It was in mason jars. I didn't go crazy with a florist. It was beautiful. You could get little Christmas lights and burlap strip and pick flowers in a mason jar and it would look like a million dollar magazine. I love when when people really take 
their own sense of creativity and bring it to their wedding as well. Absolutely. And I think it adds so much heart, like the fact that you picked flowers from your local, you know, neighbor farm or whatever, obviously that's even more meaning and like personal detail added to your day. And But also it's what our country needs right now. We have to support our local businesses. We should be looking to our neighbor and try to source what we're doing from the people around us. And if you're interested in a floral wedding or a floral themed wedding, I love the idea of people developing some of these crafts within their hometown and brides finding those people and keeping it local. Yeah, that's why we really love um, recommending shopping on Etsy a lot and working with handmade sellers. Obviously, like we were talking about earlier, you know, if people are in a major city, they might not find somebody who does press flowers that is local to them. And so the fact that they can support a small handmade artisan somewhere else in the country is really, really great. Right. I also really love just the whole vibe of the pressed flower trend because I think it really speaks to me because I try to be very like eco-friendly in my decisions. And I think it's important to a lot of couples right now, millennials and Gen Z, you know, a lot of them are a lot more conscious of the decisions that we're all making and, and our impact on the world. And so I love just that natural element that feels very like I don't know, just like back to the roots and feels like it has so much heart. If you could press a little leaf and add it to your invitation, I guarantee you the person touching that is going to say, oh, it's so beautiful. Something so simple can have such an impact. There's some sort of like magical transfer of like energy and love through that. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out that I've been thinking about throughout all of this is that pressing flowers just in general, it's going to take detail, it takes a little bit of skill, right? So if there are some mishaps along the way, a cool thing you can do with any extra pressed flowers that you end up having that maybe don't make it onto decor yeah. or signage or something, right, right. you could make that into like an eco-friendly confetti. And, oh, yeah. Great idea. You know, anywhere you might use that, your send off, maybe even you can put that in like a little mason jar and that becomes part of the table decor. Absolutely. There's so corn, much you can do. Corn flowers. You guys know what corn flowers are? They're a really sweet little flower. Look it up there. Each petal is a little triangle that looks like a chicken foot. Okay, but altogether it's like a pom pom. So you could dry those, press those, and that would be beautiful confetti. That would be beautiful confetti to sprinkle on a cake or a cupcake or sprinkle on the table with white craft paper. I mean, I have a million ideas of what I would do with pressed flowers in a wedding. So easy, so inexpensive, so do it yourself. I'm into it. I need to get married again so I can experience (laughs) all of these things. So you have so many great ideas. I want to pick your brain a little more. If you were going to make suggestions about types of flowers that are best for pressing or, you know, we've now come up with all these ideas, use them in your seating chart, use them for table numbers, maybe your unity candle. So with all of these different things in mind, do you, can you think of flowers you think work particularly well or that you're like, oh, this is such a good idea because this would make this look fantastic or, you know. Well, the best pressed flowers are from flowers that are naturally dry and not too succulent. So that's why I always think hydrangeas are like the perfect pressed flower because you know how a hydrangea petal has a kind of dryness to it, whereas a rose has a very dewy, succulent, you can almost see the little water cells. Roses are hard, but hydrangeas press beautifully. Daisies press great. Those petals are flat and dry. Any kind of wildflower would press well. Leaves press well. You just want to think thickness, right? So a thick flower 
a succulent flower, a flower that is beautiful in its three-dimensionality will not press well, right? So what you want to start looking at when you're looking at nature, when you go to a florist shop, you want to look at everything and you need to envision how will this three-dimensional object transform into a two-dimensional object? You have to wait for something to feel open or you cut it in half or you pick it when it's still a bud, like a sweet peas, for instance, a beautiful little tenderly flower. I don't know if it's often used in wedding decor, but it looks terrible flattened when it's fully bloomed. But when it's still a little tendril and everything's like a little raindrop, it's stunning. I like to find things in all different stages of its growth. Well, and I think too, the type of flower you choose really will reflect kind of the style you are thinking of for your wedding. So obviously like the wildflower styles are more for like a bohemian or natural type of vibe. Right. But I don't know, like have you seen people or have you personally done something like a little bit more classic, like a mm-hmm. like a tulip or something like that? T- tulips do not press. No. Tulip, tulips and irises do not press well. Good to know. Um, because they're too succulent. And you can kind of tell that like when you have flowers in a vase and you, and you forget to water them and then they dry up and you'll see they kind of fade to a pale gray or pale brown, that shows you that that flower wouldn't, probably wouldn't press well. So that, that tulip won't work. Okay. But but that's an example of when the beautiful illustrated work that people do with tulips is gorgeous. Yeah. So we always do a little segment on the bouquet toss where we say, would you keep it or toss it? And I feel like we can't even ask because we're very much all deciding we love the pressed flowers. So we want to keep it. Absolutely. Um, we went through that list, whether it's jewelry, whether it's invitations, whether it's decor, whether it's some of your signage. Oh, something else I thought of is, you know, how people do the beautiful wax seals. You could put a little flower or a little stem in the wax as it's as it's drying Ooh. and it stays there. You could do a wall mural behind, you know, for the picture wall. Oh, I mean, there's a, a million photo things. booth backdrop. Yes, a photo you booth guys, backdrop. that was on my list. <laughs> I wanted to discuss that. I, okay, it would go, make, do. <laughs> it would make such a beautiful photo booth yes. backdrop. Oh my God. I mean, this has just been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your passion with us. Oh my gosh, thank you. I wish that everybody could see this conversation because it's just been so high energy and amazing. One thing that we always like to do is close with a fun wedding fact. And this week I actually have a fun wedding pun. Oh. Let's see if I can get you guys to laugh. Okay. may not work. So... Did I tell you about the wedding I just went to? It was so beautiful. Even the cake was in tears. (laughs) (laughs) That is quite a dad joke. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A nice, wholesome wedding joke. A nice, wholesome, yeah. And if if you're looking for more of those dad jokes, we have a great code on our site for Created with Love. And they've got an entire deck of cards with dad jokes just like that. Oh, that's a cute Father's Day gift. Yeah, or it works for date night. You kind of like go um, back and forth and try to make people laugh and it's I'm I'm oh a big gosh. fan of corny jokes, period. So love it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are cute. This has been so much fun and I, I can't stop thinking about all the other things you could do. I also want to have you just like to wrap up, share where everybody can find you online and where, where you spend most of your time hanging out so they can follow your crafty adventures. Well, I am on TikTok, which is really funny. I'm on Instagram at Modern Pressed Flower. 
Same with TikTok at Modern Pressed Flower. My website is modernpressedflower.com. My real name is Trisha Paluccio, and I have an acting website, but that's boring. Don't even look at that. Who cares? Um, and my Instagram is just, it's just about my kids and food and my acting stuff, but that's like whatever. And uh, the yeah, uh, you can see more about what I'm doing on my website. I would say that's a really good place to communicate. It's definitely worth visiting. The photos will take your breath away. Follow me. You know, if you subscribe to my website, I do tell uh, my subscribers when I'm teaching classes, I'm very accessible to ask questions to. I would love to help anybody be a better do-it-yourselfer. I'm a passionate crafter. So yes. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and knowledge with us. Oh, you're so welcome. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, And we look forward to chatting again soon.